Welcome to this edition of Every Damn Day. I will be joined in a minute by the owner of the most stunning new headshot, I was going to say in America, but maybe across the world, Kevin Broccoli. Kevin had a new headshot taken and almost broke. How is this news? Uh, almost this is supposed to be a Facebook. news podcast and you're opening uh, with a headshot. Because there were literally women, men, children, animals. Not you, across, though. Across it was all painting. for you. And you I, had to lean, I literally had to lean on a counter. I was looking into those eyes yeah, so okay. deeply that I almost fell over. It was, I it was unbelievable. I looked at the photographer, the great Dave Cantelli. If you need a headshot, go to Dave Cantelli. But I looked at him, I said, listen, there's this guy, Brett Davey. And he has <laughs> never touched a man, not only romantically, physically. He's never touched a man even casually in his entire life. And I need this photo <laughs> to drag him kicking and screaming over to the other side. And Dave this, said, I'll, I'll do my best. I was like, I was like 60% of the way there. That's oh, how unbelievable it was. So it. it was so good. And I got to tell you, but so the close. reaction to it, it has over a thousand likes, just a headshot. The eyes are just, if I looked at that while I was driving, I would have just gone right off. A well, you know, what it's happened is when I, when I posted the photo, uh, the caption says, if you want four more years of Trump, like this photo. And um, <laughs> next thing I knew, I had women named Karen, Connie, Carla, oh, all of them were just liking it left and right. No, you know, the great thing about posting that photo is like, you know, you see a hundred comments and you're like, oh, okay, here come the gays trying to, trying to get a little bit of this. And you look at the comments and it's literally all of my mom's friends being like, yes, so handsome. Like, great. It was, a, it, was a, it was a great uh, headshot. But I'm glad I got you 60. But now there's more photos from that shoot, Brett. So that extra 40% <laughs> that, you're, that you think is your cushion, I'm coming for it. I'm coming for your well, cushion. Well, just be careful because you don't want it to be like uh, Karate Kid and then Karate Kid 2, which, man, and then Karate Kid 3 and 4. But, like, maybe it's better off just to do one. I will tell you a quick funny story about the, about the headshot. So, um, I don't get photo headshots taken often. There are some actors who literally get them done every year. You're, you're supposed to stay pretty on top of it. And I don't, I don't get them done a lot. So this is the first time I've gotten headshots. And it's really awkward because it's literally just someone taking a photo of your face. And, um, and I never know what I'm doing with my face at any given moment. <laughs> I always, I'm always doing something different than what I think I'm doing. And so <laughs> he started photographing me and like after 20 minutes he was like um so i need photos where you don't look evil and i was like what <laughs> and he's like you look evil in all of these photos and he, he showed me what he had so i was like oh my god i look so mad and i look like jafar and not like sexy evil like 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 christopher lloyd and roger rabbit evil like just evil and so he had to keep like you know yelling for me to like lean forward chin up like he's like smile smile but i hate my teeth so i don't want to smile with my teeth so i smile with like a smirk and then i look evil and the eyebrows and it's just a lot it's that that photo is like the result of like five hours of well that guy is a genius because yeah. oh uh, yeah like i said it was just brought everyone screaming i put it in the straight section of tinder and i've been doing really well there i have to say <laughs> I don't break. doubt it. I don't doubt and it. And speaking right, of people wanna, who are on Tinder. <laughs> so you want to start the you want to start the week though talking about all this craziness with uh GameStop and the stock market and the reaction to it. Yeah, I should preface this by saying if you could imagine somebody who knows less about like economics or math than me, please tell me what that person looks like because in my mind, like I am the least equipped. I have read nine different analogies for what a short stock is 
And I still don't quite understand it because the minute you get into like borrowing trading, um, this story makes me so mad only because I'm on Twitter 24 hours a day. I'm never off Twitter. And I didn't hear about this until it was like too late to get in on it because it started on Reddit. And, you know, if anyone out there likes Reddit, Reddit looks to me like code. Like it looks like people who write code. It is so... I remember when Reddit first came out and people were like, oh, you know, everyone's on this thing called Reddit. And I looked at it and I went, this is never going to last. This is so not user friendly and so hideous. And like there's threads and sub threads and sub sub threads and who has the time. And of course, like it read to call. So this guy on Reddit, for those of you who don't know, the five of you who are left or this group on Reddit, they figured out what short selling was. And they basically figured out a way to game the market and game specifically game like hedge funds and hedge fund managers. And, um, you know, the stock market is a scam. That's the first thing you need to know. The stock market and stocks are a full on scam. And it's crazy because when you look at this story, you go, yeah, I mean, it, it was only a matter of time. It's basically a giant casino. Right. And so, like, it's only a matter of time before somebody figures out what the equivalent of card counting is when it comes to Wall Street. So that's what happened. They figured out how to game the system, specifically around GameStop stock. Um, GameStop stock went through the roof. Um, There are people, there was one guy who, and this is an anecdotal, this was in like the New York Times article. Monday before the market closed, he invested, uh, I think it was $10,000. And as of 2 p.m. on Tuesday, he had $9 million dollars. So like, this was just an explosion for people. And of course, here's me on Wednesday being like, what do I do? Um, (laughs) Where do I buy? Like, I was just, you know, and at that point, they've already moved on to the next thing. And so I'm on Twitter. I'm like, what's the next thing? It literally felt like when I was in college and my friends didn't want me to go out with them. And so they would keep changing bars and I'd be texting people being like, which bar are you at now? And they'd be like, oh, we're at this bar. And then I get there's nobody there. Like that was me, except with the stock market yesterday, Um, panicking, panic buying, panic selling, Um, not sure what the hell's going on. So the biggest thing about it, though, um, and there's been developing stories all day is that so the stock market didn't know what to do about this because these people were literally bankrupting billion dollar hedge funds. I mean, they were just wiping them off the face of the earth. And I think nobody's really pointed out the irony of this. But so I guess the app that all of them were using for the most part was Robinhood. So they were literally using Robinhood to steal from the rich <laughs> and, and give to themselves the poor. Um, and then Robinhood uh, pivoted on them. So of course the stock market, you know, the stock, the stock market itself is not really freaking out. That's the whole point. Um, but the investors and the, and the traders and everything are freaking out. They're losing all their money. And so, yesterday they made it so that like you couldn't buy uh, a bunch of the short stocks like they just froze the buying on those stocks and right away people were like what the hell because you're not really supposed to do that you can't you can't prevent people from buying stock um if if there is stock to buy you kind of have to let them do that and then today um that i saw examples where robin hood the app was so Sorry, there's a lot to unpack here. But basically, so all of these people own stock. And if you are that guy who made, you know, $8.9 million overnight, the smart thing for you to do would be to sell. But the stock keeps going up. And now you have people who are saying, I'm going to ride it out. And I don't even care if I lose all the money that I made, 
because as long as I ride it out, I am guaranteed to bankrupt these motherfuckers. So like people are just saying, no, no, I'm going to keep my money in no matter what, because it's going it, to, that's, you know, the end goal is really to bankrupt them. I don't care if I make money. Um, and so Friday tomorrow is like the big day where they really needed all of these people to sell off their stock. And I saw today that Robinhood was just selling stock on people's behalf. And they were messaging people and saying, oh, we sold the stock on your behalf because, uh, you know, the market's so volatile. We didn't want you to lose money. And they are really not supposed to do that. They are not supposed to take. I mean, it's not a thing that they do. It would be like it would be like if you opened your iPhone and someone was like, hey, I took the liberty of sending some dick pics to all the girls you've ever dated. Like, it's like, I, I just thought it would be a nice thing to do. Like, it's just, you can't do that. It's not, I mean, it, it's wild. And now there's a class action lawsuit already filed against Robinhood um, because they're not, they're basically just supposed to be an app that lets you buy and sell stock. It's not supposed to, and now they've kind of outed themselves as, being in the pocket of all these Wall Street people, which is not a huge shock, but you know, it's it's. I think the the overall takeaway from this that's so interesting is that you know, every other week now we're finding out that these institutions that have been like you know hanging over all of our lives, a are made up of nothing, b are as we suspected designed really to just keep rich people rich and not not let poor people in, and c there's ways to game them. There's ways to game the system, especially with the internet, with social media. And it's, this is really revolutionary what's happening right now. And nobody quite knows what to do or how to stop it. You know, these, what these people did by gaming the market, they chose GameStop, but there's like hundreds of other stocks they could do this to. They could do it to any stock that they wanted. Um, and so I just find it all really fascinating. But the, the biggest thing is that if you're listening to this and you know what stock I need to invest in next, please contact me at Kevin at epictheaterco.org um, or just invest the money for me. I'll pay you back later. Um, I want to take Brett on a nice vacation. He really had a tough week and I just I want to take him somewhere sunny and bright. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty, do you have stock? Do you do stock, the stock market? Um, I have a guy that does my stuff, but I don't dabble around like those people. I mean, my favorite part of the whole episode was these billionaires uh, going on CNBC and like crying, like these old, <laughs> old, just nasty white dudes, um, that they were just so offended that uh, these people came into their playhouse and were messing around. And, you know, my experience with all this is I went to URI uh, in the eighties and early nineties. And so a lot of the guys that I went to school with, they ended up going into finance, you know, in the, in the early nineties. Yeah. And there was a time when you could just make like a crazy amount of money doing things that were kind of like borderline illegal. And, um, a lot of these guys made a ton of money and, and then they started acting like their shit didn't smell like they were, they were. And I was always like people like that, and someone will say, oh, they work hard for the money. It's like they don't work hard to make like 15 million dollars a year just doing bullshit like this. Like, you know, what? I've worked in hospitals for 20 years. So you know who works hard? The person that cleans the room or the CNA yeah. like that person is working hard. You're not working hard. And actually, one of the guys that I went to college with was in he was in my fraternity. He was in the book, The Big Short. And he was a character in the movie, although they didn't say his name in the movie. And it was a guy that was in my fraternity who'd gotten into some trouble. 
uh, for some of his dealings. Um, and it was written up in that book. So I'm familiar with all those people and fuck them. And like anyone else, I would love to have a quick entree into making an easy million dollars. And, you know, I get it. But yeah, it is just a mess. And And I just think it's always just been a pet peeve of mine that super rich people can get like even super richer and they do it while they're sitting there like drinking champagne and, and screwing off and it will never cease to just bug the hell out of me. Also, don't forget, these are all the same people that like you mentioned, the big short. These are all the people who, you know, went through the financial crisis of 2008 and then didn't stop doing anything like they got caught. They nearly destroyed the economy, the world economy, and then they got money to prop themselves back up and they went right back to doing it. And, you know, I don't, I just, I couldn't, I mean, I could never have sympathy for a wall street person to begin with, but I really don't have sympathy for somebody who is just betting that they will die before they get caught doing the wrong thing. I mean, yeah. it, because that's literally, it's like a Bernie Madoff situation. It's like, you know, you, you know, you're doing the wrong thing. And the only thing I'll say that isn't, isn't sort of anything on their behalf, but it's just wild because none of this is regulated, right? Like Elizabeth Warren talks about this all the time. Like none of this is regulated. And it's ironic because perhaps if there were regulations, there would be something to prevent a group of Redditors from like, you know, gaming the system. But they, the people who were making the most money, uh, you know, the billionaires, like they didn't want regulation. They wanted it to be the wild, wild west. And so now there's a new sheriff in town and his name is Big Titties 8989. And, um, <laughs> you know, I, I, that's what happens, buddy. Um, speaking of large breasts, wow. uh, Phil Collins' wow. wife. So I, I mean, so I didn't know I, how to segue. Again, that, that was awful. But uh, <laughs> this is a story that also involves tens of millions of dollars. But no one can ever say that Phil Collins did not earn his money drumming for genesis and during his solo if you've career. ever seen phil collins saying something happened on the way to heaven you know he earned every penny because that song is 17 minutes long well i will tell you that i i am so old that i was at the original live aid in philadelphia where i think it was 1984 phil collins played in uh philly at live aid then jumped onto the Concord and flew to England and played at Wembley Stadium with Led Zeppelin. Thank you. So, all right. So, Phil Collins, and I, I, I'm always torn about super rich people getting screwed over. Like, this one, I don't really care. I just found it kind of interesting. So, he married this woman in 1999. They split up. And when they split up, she got a $47 million divorce settlement, which for most people wow. you'd figure, all right, I'm good for a couple of years. And, <laughs> uh, and then they got back together in 2016 and then they broke up again and they weren't married this time or anything, but he left and she was kind of squatting in his $40 million mansion in Miami and she just refused to get out. I love squatters. They're like some of my favorite people because <laughs> I just. You hang out with a lot of squatters. I, I, I've got some friends who are squatters, but I'm I'm kind of like, a, I, I'm like a nervous person. Like if I'm breaking the rules, you know what I mean? Like if I'm doing something illegal yeah. and if I was a squatter, you know, like squatters, they go into someone's house, like they'll do it with rich people too and squat in their house and claim they have these squatters rights and they can stay there. But I'd, every time that someone knocked on the door, I'd be a nervous wreck. So 
But Phil Collins's ex-wife was not nervous, and she squatted. No, she hired in the bodyguards, mansion. didn't she? She hired bodyguards. She married a thirty-one-year-old guy, so she's um, she's right now in her mid-forties. She's forty-six, and Phil Collins is sixty-nine. She married a thirty-one-year-old guy, and they were both squatting in there. They have security. She's selling off a bunch of his shit, like his gold records and all this other stuff. And I just give her credit. I just think that kind of puts, but I, I, I'm just kind of blown away by it. So I'm not a huge Phil Collins fan. My thing is, how does that work? Like, not that like there are protections for squatters, but it's not entirely legal. So when you hire a bodyguard to assist you in continuing to squat, aren't you kind of hiring someone to like assist you in a crime kind of? And I don't know if it goes that far. I also wonder if places like Florida, where you feel like the cops always have the green light to like shoot someone, but also yeah. that they're, it's also kind of like a little crazy in terms of like. She probably people. gave all of the cops one Grammy apiece and they were like, cool, have fun. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know what the, I don't know what the, uh, the feel is in Miami, but I think that they're probably pretty accommodating to celebrities. So. They let her kind of run amok. So, again, not the hugest Phil Collins fan, although when I was a kid, you know, saw all of the music videos and, you know, love that he was out there with Earth, Wind and Fire and but um, Susu Studio, Susu Studio. But uh, but anyway, just wanted to give a quick Phil Collins update because I knew that you were looking for it. And, you know, let's go from one Phil to another Phil Collins to Phil a buster oh and that God, was that Jesus. was way better it's than gotten yours. worse that was so much we gotta end it we gotta end the podcast that was so much better than this yours. weeks forever that was way because better than yours. the fact that you just pivoted from phil collins to filibuster it was really, beautiful it was i know it's i know it is your drag name but that doesn't mean you have to promote <laughs> your, your nighttime activities on this oh, podcast um yeah so our our old favorite mitch mcconnell you know it's so funny how whenever uh you know uh, Republicans are in power. It's like, well, they're in power, can't do anything, whatever, you know, they have the numbers. And then Democrats get the numbers and it's like, well, yeah, but you're not really in power. Like, it's just, it's always that kind of like, well, I mean, it's different when it's Republicans. So um, Democrats uh, took control of the Senate and the House and we have the presidency. Good times, right? Not so fast. America's favorite turtle, Mitch McConnell, um, came out of his shell briefly to inform the Democrats in the Senate that he would not let them take control of the Senate unless they agreed to not end the filibuster. So not he's not talking about the Jimmy Stewart, Mr. Smith goes to Washington filibuster where somebody has to stand on the floor of the Senate and talk until they drop dead and whatever. Um, this filibuster is the one where if you want to pass something, um, you know, or if you don't want something to pass, I guess you can do a filibuster and you need 60 votes to pass. Um, so to be fair, Democrats got rid of one part of the filibuster first, but it was in 2012 when Republicans were literally not allowing anything to pass because President Obama had gotten reelected. And as we all know, Republicans just wanted to destroy anything associated with President Obama. So they were just obstructing left and right. So Democrats said, OK, well, we have the numbers. We will. We're going to just get rid of this thing that's allowing you to obstruct. Uh, and Mitch McConnell was like, you're going to regret that. And he shook his fist at them, you know, and a thundercloud cloud appeared behind his head. And then when Republicans had the numbers, they got rid of the part of the filibuster that allowed uh, that would have allowed uh, the minority to kind of be able to block a Supreme Court justice getting in, which is how we wound up with Kavanaugh, Gorsuch and and uh, 
Amy Coney Barrett, or as I like to call her, soccer mom, judge soccer mom. Um, so then, so now here we are again, right? So now Democrats are in charge, whatever. And it's pretty clear that the Republicans are just going to block everything. They're just, they're back. This is what they do when they're in the minority. They just obstruct. It's their favorite thing. It's, they like it more than legislating, actually. They didn't do literally anything um, when they were in control of Congress other than put conservative judges on the bench. And now they're just going to block everything. So uh, the Democrats rightfully said, well, we're just going to we're just going to finish off the filibuster, something that was already not what it once was. It was already pretty much dismantled. And they said, we're, gonna, we're just going to get rid of the filibuster. And Mitch McConnell said, no, no, you have to promise you have to promise me the minority guy that you will not get rid of the filibuster or I will not let you take control of the Senate. Now, if I was Chuck Schumer, who is the new Democratic majority leader, I would have grabbed that little turtle by his jowls and threw him into the nearest river, returning him to his aquatic people. I mean, like uh, the most audacious thing I've ever heard. Well, I just won't let you take control. You just can't. You won't have control. Um, now, uh, Chuck Schumer did an interview with Rachel Maddow where he said, well, if he doesn't you know, go along willingly, we're going to do this and this and this. And then McConnell seemingly backed down, but he only backed down because he thinks that Joe Manchin and uh, Senator Cinema, Cinemaya, whatever the hell her name is from Arizona, they've both gone on record as saying, you know, we don't we don't agree with abolishing the filibuster. Um, and so he's backed down because he thinks the filibuster is safe. Um, my inclination is that those two, based on what they've said, they would like they, they want to keep the filibuster because, you know, it does come in handy if you're in the minority and there's every reason to believe Democrats are going to be in the minority. Again, it's kind of our favorite place. Um, and so they were like, well, no, maybe we should keep it. But obviously, if they start pulling their old tricks, you know, they kind of played their hand in the early Obama years where people thought bipartisanship was possible they kind of used all their tricks. So now everybody kind of knows what their game is, this game of like, you know, ooh, like we'll, we'll do some bipartisan stuff with you. Just put it up for a vote. And before you do, can we just, you know, can we take apart this and this and this, and then we'll totally go along with it. And then yeah. they don't. So um, I will say that I was watching the Chuck Schumer interview and it was heartening because I'm not a big Chuck Schumer fan, but it was heartening to hear him because I could tell, you know, that it le that you know I mean I'm, they might have new tricks up their sleeves the Republicans but like you know in many ways the jig is up because everybody knows what they're about everybody knows you know how they are and Chuck Schumer has been waiting you know it's not like Nancy Pelosi where she was the leader and then she wasn't the leader and then she's the leader again Chuck Schumer this is his first time as the majority leader and you get the sense that he understands that like look you know. I can't let these people run roughshod. We really, we have two years. We don't have four years because there's a midterm election and, you know, we know how midterm elections go. Um, and so he's like, we really have two years to make some shit happen. So that, that was heartening. To I hear. just always wonder. And again, it was sort of what you were hinting at. Why, when Republicans are in the minority, it seems like they can stop everything from happening and when the Democrats are in the minority, they're just like helpless. They just get like steamrolled. And I, I don't is it is it a is it a question of being like scrupulous? Well, no. So one way to think about it is when Republicans are have control, all they're focused on is getting judges on benches. That's all they care about. So it seems like, oh, they get everything they want when they're in power. And when we're in power, we don't get everything we want. But that's because when we're in power, we want sweeping legislation. 
we want big, bold change, and we want judges on the benches. So they've already said, the Republicans have already said, look, you guys can put as many judges on the bench as you want. We, can't, we admittedly cannot stop you from doing that, but we can stop you from legislation. The reason um, that Republicans seem to get everything they want when they're in power and it doesn't seem like they're blocked from anything is because they don't actually try to do anything. So we don't even have the opportunity to block them because they don't, remember, these are people who were in power for four years. They didn't, they didn't pass one bit of legislation. They truly didn't. They did not get one thing through. They said that on day one of uh, Trump's administration that they were going to completely kill the Affordable Care Act and they couldn't do it. They're just completely incompetent. So I think it seems like they always get their way, but I think it's just easier to make it look like you're getting your way when you, all your way is, is obstructionism. I guess it's just, uh, it's, it's just, it's easier to play defense than right. offense, right? Like offense is the hard part. Democrats always play offense where we, we try to get things passed. We try to get things done. It's just a lot easier to block than it is to, to move forward. And so I think that's why it appears. And I share, but I do share the frustration. That's why I said that, you know, it does seem like they have more power, but it's because ultimately they really enjoy being on the defense. You know, they, they really don't care if they get anything passed at all. Right. I just, it's just frustrating because I sometimes feel, you know, there is always that image of the Democrats being like Charlie Brown approaching Lucy holding the football, you know what I mean? And you're always just, you feel like it's just going to happen again, you know? So, I mean, hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully it doesn't happen again, but. And I think part of that true is, um, and it's why I'm glad that like things worked out the way they did. But I think part of that too is Republicans only need Republicans to win elections. Democrats need progressives and moderates. So that's what the problem, you know, anytime a Democrat does anything, they have to look at both ends of a spectrum and say, okay, is, are either of these people going to be ticked off if I do this? Whereas Republicans just need to look at one little group of people and say, oh, you guys are all on the same page. Cool. So I think ultimately it's just so much harder uh, to lead as a Democrat because you have to keep in mind, like, you know, it's easy to yell at Joe Manchin from West Virginia when he says, well, you know, I'm a little more centrist, but like, look at the area he's representing. Right. He, he can't he can't come out and all of a sudden be, you know, for the Green New Deal. He's representing an entire district made up of coal miners. Yeah, I mean, every time I, you I know? have progressive friends and every time someone like Manchin does something or votes with conservatives, they say, oh, GC, you know, he should be primaried. I'm like, are you on acid? Like your chances of holding on to yeah. that seat are pretty slim if it wasn't for him. And if he flips to the other what side. What I think is interesting is, yeah. What I think is interesting is that I think he and Kristen Cinema from Arizona are going to be to the Democrats for the next two years, what Murkowski and Collins were to Republicans, where like you can pretty much always count on them, but they're the ones that like if you if you know if you want if the if the Republicans want hope of you know blocking stuff, not getting stuff through all this kind of thing, then you know you would always I think they're gonna look to those two. But I think ultimately, look, you know, it's not easy. The reason you didn't see Murkowski and Collins uh, going over to the Democrat side a lot of the time is it's not easy being the lone wolf walking over to the other side. Yeah, but I think you know? I think the mansions um, of the world are more likely to stop something like uh, Murkowski, Collins, Romney, 
there isn't a lot that was out there that they voted with the Democrats and prevented it from happening. They were more like go to the press and wring their hands. You know what I mean? So I, yeah. I don't. That being said, I think that when it comes to, I, I don't know why uh, somebody like Mitt Romney, and I, I don't like Mitt Romney, but I will say that I think it's reasonable to assume we haven't really seen these where these people stand on a lot of legislation because legislation is never brought to the floor of the Senate. So, like, for all we know, Mitt Romney might really be all for, you know, uh, climate change legislation. I mean, how would we know? We've, he's never gotten to vote on it. It's going to be really interesting because some of these people have now been in the Senate for years and have not had to vote on any major piece of legislation. So um, I, I tend to think that if Mitt Romney had it in him to vote to impeach the president, and it seems like he's going to vote that way again. I don't know if he would be the type to just stonewall everything Joe Biden wants to do. I feel like they could maybe count on him at least a handful of times. Yeah, I don't. So everyone keeps saying it's 50, 50, 50, 50. But I think it's going to be I think there's going to be a little more wiggle room there because for the first time, you're going to see the Senate actually working on legislation. I think there's some wiggle room, but I think that he also could be canceled out by Manchin and the senator from Arizona and some of the. And I think, listen, I I have faith that I have faith that if Joe Manchin is really holding out, I have faith. I, I, I absolutely expect Chuck Schumer and other senior members to sit him down and have a conversation. The fact is you will be primaried out patience for this anymore. There's no like, well, you need to understand X, Y, and Z, you know, either. Yeah, I don't think that's, I don't think that's going to happen because he'll go, okay, fuck you. I'm going to go caucus with the other side. Like, I, I just don't think. By the way, I'm very curious this week. So you're talking about the stock market and the filibuster. So, so far I've talked about Phil Collins. Yeah. And now I'd like to talk about. But this is all your, very this is right story. up your alley. But this, so you're talking about all this important stuff. Now I want to talk about these, there's two women in California they're suing the subway chain that's local to them, claiming that the tuna fish sandwich at the subway contains, and this was the quote from the lawsuit, neither, neither, neither tuna, tuna nor fish. And they didn't say nor, they didn't say nor fish, oh, neither, neither tuna or fish. So that's fine. So, um, and so it's, so, sorry, my so little charade that, there didn't pull up, pay off the charade. Cause I was going to say nor, but it was, or, so it didn't contain okay. tuna or Well, this fish. is legal language. And, so we need to be specific. <laughs> we have to be specific. And they said that they, their attorney said that they, um, in some laboratory, I don't know if there's like fish testing laboratory <laughs> determined that this was indeed the case that neither of these elements were included in the tuna fish sandwich. So it got me to thinking years ago, um, my, one of my sons, he was really young. He was maybe six or something. He saw a YouTube video about McDonald's and their burgers. And it was the video about pink slime. And it was these giant vats that were like whirling around and it showed them like squirting out, the whatever the burgers are made oh, yeah, of the McNug- no, those it, the McNuggets. it was the mcnuggets those were the mcnuggets no, no it was for the hamburgers they were it was called oh, pink no. slime and it was yeah. just like it was like some rube goldberg machine it was just like and it was squeezing it out on a conveyor belt and he got so skeeved out by it he actually became at a very young age like he was a vegetarian for a couple of years because he was so grossed out by it my question to you is what food and you know what kind of fast food probably most likely is probably not made up of anything that they claim it to be. My my guess has to be chicken nuggets because you can buy like 150 chicken nuggets for like 75 cents. Yeah. Like it's unbelievable. So 
What are your so to name some foods you think that maybe well, it's yeah, funny maybe you not it's really funny you far. say that because somebody was saying like you know people are so shocked when they hear what's in like the hamburgers at McDonald's they're like a McDonald's hamburger costs you ninety nine cents there it, 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 the math doesn't work out like that's just not possible that what you're eating is like actual meat um, yeah I mean I oh, I would never eat a fillet of fish I mean I would never eat any fish type thing <laughs> I'm shocked I don't I haven't seen them do this in a while so maybe they stopped but like. Remember for a while there, McDonald's had the audacity to be like, oh, this week is like lobster fest at McDonald's. Like they were doing like crab meat and stuff. And I was like, who on earth trusts a fast food place to serve them seafood? Like seafood of all things, seafood, like lobster. What do you think would be in McDonald's lobster? Like, well, firstly, it wasn't the lobster fest. It was always the. They had the lobster roll. Lobster that was roll, their yeah, thing. Right. They, McDonald's they were lobster bringing, roll. Sa- they were just bringing to it. the masses. <laughs> yeah, they were bringing. It's that and the other, obviously, the, the grotesque one is the McRib, which to me oh, is God, just horrible. Yeah. But I will say one thing. In the last, like, I don't get fast food very frequently, maybe a couple times a year. But the last time, I used to remember you go through the drive-thru and it would be like, I don't know, $6 or something. And oh, I yeah, went to the really drive and it was like $11. I'm like, what happened? So I guess next time the lesson is, well, you age, just get the chicken McNuggets. Don't when do get you find out how much a papaya away. costs? I mean, things have changed. Don't, don't go on prices <laughs> right. Whatever you do, you'll be like, oh, I don't know. how much is a TV these days? 30 bucks? Um, oh my God. So, so I want to, so let's shift to in Kevin's uh, never ending quest to scare the piss out of people. Uh, oh new gosh. virus strains, new COVID virus strains. Listen, Just you, you like, thought it was safe to go back in scarier, the Virus strains or telling people that there's no real tuna in a tuna Subway sandwich. I Like that to me is terrifying. <laughs> I don't eat oh. tuna, but um, what do you think you've been eating all those years? Um, and remember how in Ireland they said that Subway bread is not bread? Remember that? Remember that like they ruled it not bread? It's not actually bread? It? So the, the we can't, I know we're moving on, but in Ireland, like there's a law about how much sugar you're oh. allowed to have in, a, in, in bread until it is then considered pastry. And so there's so much sugar in a Subway, in Subway bread that they were like, this actually is not bread. It's pastry. It's cake. Essentially it's cake. Delicious. Um, yeah, I know you love that. So anyway, um, yeah, so there's new virus strains. Um, this is going to be really quick. Everybody, just stop fucking leaving your house. I don't. I truly don't know what's wrong with you people. Um, I say this every <laughs> week. Just stop. I know that, oh, but we can go. Like, it's like, no, it doesn't. I know you're getting mixed signals from the gut. It's just, I've said this before. And, and I know that, like, case numbers, whatever, are going down. Like, case numbers are going down in some states. That's because everyone's fucking dying, you idiots. That's why case numbers. This thing has killed so many people. It's infected even more people than it's killed. So like, remember when when Trump was like, we're going to do herd immunity and everyone was like, that's horrible. That's so terrifying. Why would you ever say we're going to do herd immunity? And then pretty much everybody did herd immunity. If you're continuing to go out and see people and do all that, you are practicing herd immunity because you are basically saying, yeah, let's all get in touch as much as we can and see what happens. Um, it's just- I was surprised. I have to say, I was surprised this week at states with uh, Democratic governors like California and Michigan, where they seem like they're really loosening the reins on what is allowed and what's not, you know, in terms well, of I mean, dining I feel bad. gatherings. Like, I, I, I do feel bad. I feel bad. And I'll say this, Democrats and Republican governors, I feel bad. 
because, you know, if you've ever been in a situation where you have even two people on either side of you arguing two different points, it's, it's, you don't know what to do. You're like, I don't know what to do. I mean, this person wants this, this person wants that. So I can't imagine being the governor of California and having millions, tens of millions of people on one side wanting one thing and tens of millions of people on the other wanting another. I mean, like, you know, and the problem is what I tend to do in those situations is I go, look, I'm not dealing with this. You guys figure it out. I'm not dealing with this. Like you, you guys figure it out. And unfortunately, like, you know, you're the governor, you don't have that option. It's your job to figure it out. So I, 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 you know, somebody made a really funny video where they were like, you know, here's what California wants you to do. And it was like, stay in unless you want to go out, but don't go out. But if you do go to a restaurant, tip big, but don't go out. It's like, that's what it sounds like. And it's just, it's so frustrating because I'm like, if you think that, and I'm, I, you know me, I'm not, you're the conspiracy theorist and the one who's always, I'm not, but if you think they're telling us the truth about these new strains, you are fucking kidding yourself. Like these, something is going on with this because, and if you notice they're sort of giving it to us incrementally. First, it was like, there's a new strain. And then there was like, the new strain is more contagious. Um, it doesn't seem like if you get it, like, you know, you have COVID any worse, but it is more contagious, meaning you will be more likely to get COVID, which should have been enough to scare the hell out of everyone. But everyone was like, oh, so it's just like a more contagious. Okay, cool. I'm going to keep going to brunch. Then they were like, actually, it might be more deadly. Um, but it's not here yet. And then it's like, oops, nope, now it's here. And if you remember, this is kind of like what happened last March, where it was like, ooh, it's bad, but don't worry. Ooh, it's worse than we thought. Ooh, like, I'm like, guys, this is what they do. They incrementally give us the bad news so we don't panic. But in the meantime, if you can't be out infecting everyone. Yeah, I mean, firstly, I'm a little disappointed because you said when you have one person on one side of you and another person on the other side of you and they want something different, I was kind of hoping it was some kind of wild threesome story that had nothing to do with COVID. So picture it, Columbus, I'm a little, 2017. I'm just, there I am. I'm incredibly, I got to say, I'm incredibly, you know, I'm, I'm rarely disappointed in you, but I'm incredibly disappointed. Andrew right Garfield want... is on one side of me. Toby <laughs> Maguire is on the other. They both want to know uh, who's the better Spider-Man. And I have one sandwich. way to find out. Spidey Let sandwich. me tell you, the web was, was all over that room. You couldn't even move. We had there wasn't one house fly in all of Columbus by the time oh, that night was up. My God. All right. So I want to talk about um you're talking about Spider-Man. I want to talk about a real crime that actually happened. And I just I, I just I have to the last couple episodes, I feel like I have to be lighthearted because with Trump, I feel like I got for the you know, whatever 10 months we've been doing this. I feel like I'm just like a tube of toothpaste that got all the toothpaste squeezed out of it. I've got nothing left right now to talk about serious. So I need like, I need at least a month of just like BS stuff. So I just really enjoyed the story. It was, it was a bank robber in Chicago. He went into a bank and he wrote uh, uh, on a, but it happened to be a withdrawal slip, but that's where he wrote his note. He asked for $10,000 from the teller. And I don't know if she was just, you know, like, uh, solving crimes or she just thought it was because it was on the withdrawal slip. So she asked the guy and he wrote on the ticket, I'm armed, give me $10,000. And so she handed it back to him and she said, I'm going to need your ID. And the guy gave the guy gave the teller his real ID. 
And so, you know, she had to take a little picture of it. And then he was arrested, like leaving the bank. So I just want to do I just want to quickly just applaud that guy for making my day, because I know I know crime. Well, the teller made your day. He didn't make your day. She's the one that made your day. Well, he he's just an it, idiot. So, well, that's yeah, why you love idiots. It. I forgot. I mean, that's why you like he, me. So I mean, much. a guy, if you're robbing a bank and someone's like, I'm going to need to see your ID, you, maybe, maybe robbing banks is not your thing. That's, that's like a Benny Hill sketch. I mean, that's, oh that's, that's really good. Well, there's so, the famous, you know, take the money and run, yeah. you know, with, uh, Woody Allen, where the note says, the woman says, does this say gub? I have a gub. And he's like, no, it's uh, it's gub. And then she calls over the assistant manager. He goes, she, he goes what does this say? And he goes, gub? And so anyway, <laughs> that's what it reminded me of. So, so we've reached Saturday, which is usually our anything goes day, where Brett tells a horrifying story that traumatizes us all. Um, mm. So far, we've heard about nudity in church. We've heard about how he lost his virginity. Uh, various stories of him puking and having all kinds of stomach trouble. Um, doctors have written in expressing concern. Brett has not paid attention. Um, but so for this week, I tried to avoid all that by asking him a theoretical question so that I knew he wouldn't already have a story for this, although I don't know he might. Uh, the question I have is, would you ever go on a TV dating show like The Bachelor, Love Island? Those, Brett, would you ever go on a TV dating show? I, if I was single, I absolutely would. Um, and as some, as some comedian once said, it's like, it is the cheapest game show of all time, the dating <laughs> game, because your prize is another contestant. That's what you get as a prize if you win. So now, do you think you would do well? Would. I don't know how I would do. I, I can be very glib when I want to be, but no. I just I, the only what? thing that ever came. Can I tell you something? The only thing for me that ever came close to that was I was on a first date with a girl. And in the art in the arcade, there used to be a comedy club called Periwinkles. Yes, back I in the that. day, so the arcade in downtown, and they used to have um, Frank Santos, the R-rated hypnotist. Mm-hmm. And it was my first date with this girl, and we were sitting right in the front, and I didn't even know her. And I got called on stage, and I got hypnotized on stage. And and the thing was, at the he said like, when I snap my fingers, you'll make out with your date who I barely met. I met her 45 minutes earlier and I actually got hypnotized and I went to go kiss her and she gave me like the Heisman, you know, stuck the arm out and oh my, God. my face in front of the crowd. And that was my one and only date with her. And that's the closest I think I can say that I've come to wow. being on a dating game show. Cause there was kind of a game show element to it. Now you would, cause you'll, you were, you, now, no, it's a week from today. Game? Actually, it's a week from today. But oh my god! I, but you know, you I will well, yeah, remind us because I want to talk about it. We're gonna do. We're Brett's gonna live stream watching the the, the thing with me, the episode. <laughs> oh my god! No, we're gonna so do, it. We're do, gonna do it. I'm gonna we're gonna do it on the, the, the everybody tune in, um, because yeah, we're I'm gonna have Brett watch live with me so I can see his reactions as I know what's gonna happen and he doesn't. So are you? Have you seen no, the edited version? No, of they, it? Don't, they don't send you any of that. No, no, I haven't even. No, I'm actually really nervous. <laughs> I'm really nervous. Yeah, because really? like the control freak in me is kind of like, like I want to see it first. I don't like the idea of watching it with everybody else. I'm, I'm pretty sure I didn't say anything stupid, yeah. but you know, it's it's reality TV. They can edit and they can they can do all kinds of stuff. And so right. you know, it's weird. I'm as an actor and someone who's done theater, and I've done a little bit of like TV stuff and movie stuff. Like, 
you always have a certain amount of control or you always at least are kept in the loop to a certain extent. So to be in a situation where yeah. you're like, I have absolutely no idea what I'm about to watch, but I know that I am involved is really right. nerve wracking. Um, and I just, and I don't remember. Yeah, the well, experience. It's funny like you have to remember this was this, this was November of 2019. So I, I remember, I remember yeah. the people and the behind the, but like the filming of it, I, I, I couldn't think of somebody was like, what kind of questions did they ask? And I was like, I, I honestly don't remember. I, I don't remember a single question that we got. So does the show take place? Does the whole show take place yeah. on that yeah. set? Or no, it's does, all does on that set. Yeah. That it's set. a really cool set. I have to say it's really cool, but okay. um. I won't. I won't say much more. But but tune in because yeah, Brett and I'm, I. I'm gonna have. I'm gonna bring him on my theater's Facebook, and we're gonna we're gonna watch it together. Oh, I would just love to. That would be so great. I, I do want to say though that uh, there's just to bring things full circle. Maybe we can end this way because you're talking about Reddit yeah. and the craziness on Reddit, and there's there's threads on everything. What now? What is the, the show? That, the game show called again? The Hustler. There was a thread that I found about the hustler, and they said that there was an incredibly oh. handsome librarian that had spinach <laughs> in his teeth. They saw a preview, and they said it was just uh, horrifying. Yeah, so, that's that's uh, sorry. That sounds about right. Sorry, well, Kev. thank you everyone for joining us for another delightful episode. Um, please <laughs> uh, like and subscribe, share, tell your friends, um, and of course, uh, if you have um, if you have any medical opinions about what could be wrong with Brett, please send them to him. Uh, he loves to hear them. He loves to hear your <laughs> thoughts. And of course, we will see you next time on Every Damn Day.